All right, Marky. Our next guest is—he's uh, he, all around the world. He's uh, coming from another universe. Sometimes he's a, an alliance a superhero. He's owned a a bar, a speakeasy. <laughs> he's almost died. You can see him at the Comic Cons. You've seen him all around the roller derby round. Uh, please welcome to the program. Bob Whalen, how you doing, Bobby? Up, Bobby? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm a huge fan of the show. Oh, thanks, thanks for listening. I've been binge listening. I, I feel like I was late to come to the table, but I've been binge listening. I'm almost caught up now. Well, I think that uh, what we always say is that we're trying to archive these stories, and that's I love that that yeah. it's it doesn't need to be like linear or anything. You can listen to it in any order, right? Unless uh, you're listening to this one and Bob has a million things going on in a calendar. To give you. <laughs> I ran out of room on my prep sheet there, Marky. <laughs> All right, Bob. Let's start first. Bishop Time and graduate. 1996. 1996. The yep. good old days, those 90s were great, weren't they? Yep. Not a care in the world. You could actually go about your life. You didn't have your life in your hand. Well, some people did, but. <laughs> and you you kind of were a free thinker back then, and you had a wanderlust. Tell us a little about, about that and how that comes up. Well, so. I feel like I've I've really acted on that wanderlust in my life uh, by becoming a flight attendant, and uh, I have to give go back and give all the credit to all that everything that I do now that's cool is basically because of my mom. Um, so my mom was pretty strict. Like I was that kid that like if I got below a ninety average, I was in trouble. <laughs> like that was like literally the response from my mom. It was unacceptable. So I was, she was pretty strict and I'm her oldest born, even though I have, I have four stepbrothers, I have a stepsister and uh, my sister Margaret and, uh, and a half sister, my half, my sister Michelle as well. And so you like, didn't leave anyone out, did you? No. <laughs> okay. So, but so because of, uh, <laughs> because my, I was the oldest of my mom's kids, she was really, I think just worried, you know, just, you know, as uh, most parents would be. And she didn't want me to go away to college. So she basically said, you can't go away to college. And that really um, triggered the chain of events that led me to becoming a flight attendant because it, I wanted to like see the world and get out there. And I had this idea of what I what being an adult would be like or whatever. And I just wanted to get out there and kind of so I became a flight attendant. And that really just that career path enabled me to kind of go and I have time to do all these hobbies that I'm interested in and I can focus on instead of focusing so much energy at work, I can focus on whatever is, you know, catches my interest. I, I used to get calls from people all around the country going, Hey, I, I met a buddy of yours. <laughs> yeah. You'd always have the, the little sayings, welcome to Buffalo home of the mighty taco and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And I know you, you know, this guy and I, I didn't know, I didn't know that's where he worked, you know? Usually when I when I got a ninety somewhere, Mark, they go, "Who the hell did you cheat off of?" You know, I mean that that's the type of guy that I'm coming from. And then, how how do you know this guy, Jimbo? I mean, your name has been said three times in other podcasts, so you got the Beetlejuice treatment. That's what happened. Uh, yes, I appeared we like, out of nowhere. We like to connect everybody and um, a brand mentioned that you were a legendary Buff State lacrosse player. <laughs> both was it both games or something? So I lived on Bros with Greg Gaskin, and we both played lacrosse. 
one of the Catanzaros had a lacrosse stick and he lived up over by like um <laughs> off of Downing somewhere. It's like legendary wands. You're because like, there's yeah, like no there was one. no one had lacrosse sticks. There was only if there were like ten lacrosse sticks in all of South Buffalo, like seven of them were at the Ribzinski's house. <laughs> and then the other three were like mine, Greg's and like the Catanzaros. We got a net at one point, and then the net would just sit next to my mom's house on Brost. We, pe- the net would just be drug out into the park, and it would just sit there, and people would just shoot on it like all day. So I've been I've been involved with lacrosse since then, since I was a kid. Played a time in, then I coached uh, youth lacrosse for South Buffalo. This year will be my twenty third year of coaching youth lacrosse. Wow! And so that's crazy. So um. It started with South Buffalo, South Buffalo lacrosse with like, you know, busy Sumbrum's dad, like ran the league and Mike Lewis and those guys. And uh, it was just an awesome, uh, awesome experience to be part of that when it was getting big and growing. And I love coaching. I discovered that I love coaching um, through that. It's a thankless job, man. I'm 20 years. I'm out. We're in the same boat because you coach, you coach and you don't have kids and I, I don't have kids. So you just coach because you love it and you love the community. You love the sport and that goes so awesome that you still do it. And it's the same. I have the same feelings about it. Like it, it brings me closer to my community. I know all these people. It's funny. I you probably deal with this too. I don't know the parents. I'll know the kids. Like I learned the kids know their names and stuff. But then like by the end of the year, I'll maybe meet a couple of parents. Right. But they know who I am. So I'll go to the store and they're like, hey, coach. And I'm like, hey. So I learned this thing. I just go, how's he doing? Because I always coach boys. How's how's, how's he doing? doing? Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's good. He still plays. Oh, that's all. And then his brother's still playing too. Oh, that's cool. Awesome. I have no idea who this person is. The, the difference between me and you is I'm known for calling a ref a cocksucker like three <laughs> years later, and you're just a nice guy. So I'm like a notorious guy when they meet me. So they kind of keep their distance. That's okay. I'm, I'm hacking down a butt outside <laughs> hour before game time. It's uh, a different game. Oh, it is and it isn't. Yeah. Same camaraderie, hockey. Absolutely. Yeah. Very same. You you are a different person because I'm holding trading cards, Mark. <laughs> I like to go way overboard with stuff. You don't say, Bob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so fucking three trading cards in front of me. <laughs> Actually, I want to get a wagon trading card. You should. I'm sure it's on its way. <laughs> so I want to. I was like, let's build the let's build a little tailgating wagon that we could take nobody's circles of the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. So we'll build like a real wagon and they'll be like circle the wagons. That'll be our thing. So we made a Twitter account. It's at the Buffalo wagon on Twitter. And we just, you know, we just go and party and hang out. And so if you see us, if you if you go to games, swing by the hammer lot, the wagon will be there unless it's on injured reserve. I, I don't know how else to put it, um, but it, it, we'll get to that. Tell us about <laughs> how it, it brings you all over the world or the nation. Are, are you all a over world traveler? Central America. We go to the Caribbean. We don't go to like Hawaii or Europe yet, but it's there is, I think, a, a plan in the works to try to acquire aircraft that can do those longer range flights eventually. But for now, um, I travel, you know, I've been to a whole bunch of national parks. I've been to, you know, all over the U.S. I've been to Costa Rica, Jamaica, Aruba, Barbados. Baham- I got married in the Bahamas. That's awesome. Did, did you like uh, you met a 
ton of different kinds of people then like, yeah from flying constantly um actually we, we were talking before this podcast started recording we we're talking about um the worst bar ever which <laughs> was i bought you know so my dad helped me buy a house in south buffalo on cushing and um we eventually after living there for a while we built a bar in the basement and it kind of became legendary i don't know <laughs> it's one amazing. of the best bars <laughs> that i've ever been to <laughs> that's high praise from jimbo yes that means a lot. You always had very interesting people down there. Um, like, you wouldn't know, like, who's this guy? Like, you could actually meet new people there. Like, but, like <laughs> yeah. we we go around and it was like, oh, who's that guy? Go up, get him out of here. We don't know. I mean, that's the way we are here. Yeah. And it kind of made me spread my wings. Like, oh, <laughs> this guy's from Lockport? Uh, hey, we want a beer Lockport, you know? I got to say, I love connecting people who would otherwise not know each other i love it when i'm the reason two people meet and have something in common and i just love to be that bridge and so as i was saying the worst bar ever used to ask about meeting random people and i was on a flight um going i don't know to california or something and i'm you know so i'm up front in the aircraft and there's a guy waiting to use the the lav and i was like hey how you doing you know just trying to say hi and we start chatting, and uh, it turns out he's going to – he's, like, on a tour, and he's going to California, and he's a musician. So, like, he, we chat about that. I used to DJ at um, WBNY at Buff State. So, like, I, I knew, like, independent music, and some, you know, and he, he was, like – so I thought, oh, maybe I'll know your stuff. So he gave me a CD, made a few copies, passed it around, and – for my friends, you know, cause like, Oh, I really like this guy. You got to check it out. And then, um, our friend Gina, uh, who she followed him on, found him online. I don't even, I must've been MySpace. I don't Probably know what it was. Time. Yeah. She followed him online and figured out that he was coming to Buffalo for a tour for out as part of his story. He's playing at uh, Canisius college. So she reached out to him and was like, Hey, we're going to come to your show. And, um, we go over there to, to hang out and, I don't know if you guys realize, Mark, you probably know about this from being in a band, but like when you book, when colleges book um, performers, part of their contract usually says that they can't, if they do anything on campus that's wrong, they're going to be banned. Yeah. Like they'll never be invited back. It's really specific. <laughs> so the bands, like they, they hate to hang out at the college after the gig because if they get in trouble, they'll, that's like part, they can't get work there again. So so Jaina reaches out to him and we're like, Oh, we're going to come to your show. So we meet up with him. And by the way, his name's Sid. Did I say his name yet? No. no. So Sid, this guy, I his remember name is, him. His name is Sid. Super cool dude. But so Sid, after the show comes over to chat with us and, uh, we're like, what are you doing now? And he's like, Oh, we don't really, we're going to go to the hotel or whatever. We're like, why let's go party. And he's like, well, we can't really cause of the thing. He explained the contract thing. And then, we're like, well, we don't live on campus. We live in South Buffalo, <laughs> and we have a bar in the basement. And there's no <laughs> laws. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, he came, the whole band came back. They, like, crashed into my house overnight, and they're playing songs, uh, you know, acoustic in my living room, and it was amazing. And we still stay in touch to this day. I just got a copy of his new album that just came out. I've seen that. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah, he's a really, and his, his music is great, and he's a cool dude. And actually, years later... He basically gave him a buddy pass, um, which I can get more into if you need me to. And he went to visit his ex 
and they ended up getting married. Whoa. <laughs> so that's like, a buddy pass. <laughs> so that you was keep pretty your cool. head up for that buddy pass. <laughs> um, you get a free airfare, right? Everybody gets to five. People don't really realize that. Yeah, so that's sort of a cool thing about working for any airline is that generally you get the employee gets to fly for free, their spouse or significant other, and then their parents and children all fly free. Um, it's standby though, so it's you know it's tricky. You don't know for sure if you're gonna make it. Um, you have to sort of plan ahead for that stuff. I haven't flew in a couple years. It seems like it's a fucking nightmare lately. Yeah, it can be a challenge. The um, there was that incident that happened with the doctor on yeah. board that. Oh, the the guy that looks like me when I'm drunk at three in the morning, <laughs> getting dragged down the aisle. Yeah, that that um, it's sort of because of the, it became so infamous. They, uh, I noticed immediately at following that, the people's behavior changed on the airplane. They're way more entitled. Uh, they feel like they can get away with whatever. The CEO actually had an awesome idea. Who said, "If anyone does this thing, like something like this, where like where we we've decided you can't fly with us today, you're violating the contract of carriage," and the customer says, "Well, I refuse to get off the airplane," then the, just says, "Okay, flight's canceled," and then all the other people can't go. Wow. So you, it's amazing <laughs> how you flip it. Yeah, how they'll flip it and like. Police the people will then police it. And be like, you're getting off right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> I need to go where I'm going. Yeah. Oh, okay, I get you. <laughs> Has there ever been a flight where? I don't know that they ever had to do it, but there was there was like a plan in place. Like that's what we're gonna do if we have to do something, rather than have the police come on and have somebody physically removed and have everyone record it. That's up on the uh, ends up on the news and the internet. They just said, well, then we'll just cancel the flight and then. There's no point to sit there because the plane's not going to go. Right. And so. you're not a nervous flyer at all, right? No, not at all. How many flights? I have no idea. I, if I, I had a guess. It I'll, would be a guess. It's, okay, I've been a flight attendant for 16 years. Holy shit. Yeah. That's I, a lot of peanuts, Bobby. <laughs> we don't serve peanuts. <laughs> too many, too yeah. many allergies. And did you, oh. did you serve a peanut in your career? No. It was... Well, uh, that's how long it's been. Come I on. used to get peanuts no, or something. No, uh, we have we did have a snack that was like an upgraded snack that had peanuts in it at one point, but that was we never served like free complimentary peanuts. My schedule is so erratic. Like there's weeks where I work, I'll work six days in a row. Then there's weeks where I work, I'm off the whole week. But in six days, so, how many flights? Like probably, oh man, I'd probably have to say like I probably work somewhere around. I probably fly somewhere around. Between four and ten flights in a week, depending on the week. Like now, see now, now that I'm more senior, I've been at doing this longer. I, my schedule is better, and I get more of what I want. And what I like to do is go to the West Coast. So I go to California, like L.A., San Francisco, San Diego, Seattle, and so those. When I do those trips, it's like one leg, and I'm done. Whereas like when I had first started, you do Buffalo, JFK, JFK, Rochester, Rochester, JFK. And then, then you're done. So that's four flights in a day. Whoa. You know, so like I, a lot of assholes, <laughs> you know, so I, 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 it's hard to guess. I probably have worked in 16 years. I've, I've probably exceeded 20,000 flights. Wow. I don't even know. Something crazy like that. Who's flying commercial that we'd be shocked at? Uh, celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, 
see now we have we just got an in the last couple of years we added a, a business class of our fair i've met quite a few celebrities i had the band muse oh, okay yeah um I met Melissa Rausch. She was super awesome, actually. She's she plays Bernadette on The Big Bang Theory. Hmm. Oh she yeah, was, yeah, she yeah. was really cool. I showed her. I went up to her and I was like, oh, "I'm sorry to do this, you know. <laughs> I'm a nerd, <laughs> but but you play a nerd on TV, but I'm a real nerd in real life. So I was, I I pulled out my phone and I showed her like pictures of the from the superhero alliance. I showed her like pictures of my costume, and I was like, "This is my Groot costume," and she goes that's you? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, where did you get that? And I'm like, oh, I made it. She's like, you made that? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. She goes, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> she was, she was really, she was really awesome. Um, so I, I met her and then I met, um, I had an awesome Buffalo story. I had Doug Flutie on my flight. Ooh. Ooh. We're going to a lot of leg room there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going from Boston to Vegas and it was March madness and he was going to go to the games. I found this out later. But he's in my section. So real discreet. I just Because he's super famous in Boston. Because oh, yeah. he went to Boston College, that whole thing where yeah. the Hail Mary the and throw, all that. The throw, yeah. So uh, I go up to him, and I like take a knee, and I'm like, oh, hey, Doug. Um, I just got to say, I'm from Buffalo, and I have awesome memories of you. Or I don't think I said Doug. Mr. Flutie, maybe? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have awesome memories of you uh, playing for the Bills. And I just wanted to say, you know, thanks for the awesome memories. And he was like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, so he's watching live coverage of the basketball game on the TVs. So I left him alone, did my service. And he's at the end, after about it's a four and a half hour flight. So five hour flight. So somewhere about two hours, three hours into the flight, his games ended, whatever he was watching. And he came up. He talked to me for like two hours. Really? <laughs> he was so awesome. He talked to me. We were talking about I had the, I had the just played at the time an alumni lacrosse game like the day before, and I was all sore. <laughs> and we were, I was like, man, it's hard to play against like seventeen year olds are so fast. And he's like, oh yeah, you're telling me. And he's telling me stories about how he plays baseball. He li- he also likes to play baseball, and he has brothers, and they're all just as athletic as he is. So they play on this like like men's like forty and older like softball team and they just destroy everyone they play they win by like 60 runs every game a lot of people don't know doug flutie <laughs> saved our franchise he sold all those luxury boxes and that russ brandon and no one likes those guys together i think hmm. saved the franchise because all the canadians were buying the luxury boxes when they first went in oh and he uh, was super popular oh yes yeah. cfl yeah yeah that makes sense yeah the doug flutie had a lot to do with saving this franchise folks a lot of people don't realize He was that. a great, super nice guy. And Just... he gets fucked at the end there. <laughs> and be- benched. I, 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 yeah. I think we go to the Super Bowl against the Rams that year if Doug Flutie plays because we would have beat. There would have been no throwback. I don't know who went on next, but the Oilers played the Rams and they came up. I think it was or the Titans. Were they the Titans? Yeah. Yeah. The, the Titans. Yeah, they so. came up about a foot short from winning the Super Bowl. But Doug Flutie. If you're listening, thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a great guy, super nice guy. So that's uh, uh, one of the coolest people I've met as like in terms of celebrities. And I had Keyshawn Johnson on my flight. And just by chance, this is so random. Um, I love coaching. So I was reading John Gruden's book, which is called 
So you love football? Question mark. <laughs> and so I was reading John Gruden's book. I had it with me, and Keyshawn's on my flight. And in the book, there's a part about the Super Bowl when John Gruden was the coach and Keyshawn was on the team. And at the end of the game, they took Keyshawn out of the game and put someone else. They put like a different package in, and Keyshawn was mad about it. So, in uh, this was like a famous like feud, like not feud, but like they were mad at each other, and it was like on. There was they showed the highlights of the argument and stuff like that, and so I was like, I went up to him and I said, "Hey, um, I love you. I love uh, watching you on TV." He was a commentator at the time. I think I paid him a compliment about that, and I said, "Uh, I just I just happened to have Coach Gruden's book with me, and there's a part where he talks about you. Would you mind uh, just if you could just write whatever you want in the book?" (laughs) That would be great. So I give him the book, and uh, I can tell when I give him the book. I go, I leave him, I go away. But I'm like looking, you know, from my galley. I'm peeking out to see, and I can tell he never read this before. So he flips back. You don't say. He flips back. He reads the whole chapter from the beginning of the chapter. I see him read all the pages, and then he writes in the book. John Gruden is a used car salesman. <laughs> never believe a word he says. Come on, man. So that was my Keyshawn Johnson uh, interaction. He was he was pretty cool though. It was that was nice. It was real nice of him to do that. I bet you he went back to his studio and told that story to whoever he was working with at the time too. <laughs> I, I could tell he hadn't read the book. He, I'm sure he lived it. He knew what happened. But to hear John Gruden's version of it, he was like, no, <laughs> that's not how it went. <laughs> Definitely not. A friend of mine was actually on a flight with you that uh, Donald Sutherland was on. Oh yeah, Donald Sutherland. He was on my flight. Good guy, or did he keep to himself? Uh, he was he was pretty quiet. He sat um in his stayed in his seat the whole flight, and he drank, like not even exaggerating. He drank like ten cups of tea, like it was like an unbelievable amount of tea that he had. But he was cool. He was quiet and easygoing. Oh, Ron Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> Did he tell you any stupid jokes? No. So that's what he's known for. I had like a really limited interaction with Ron Jeremy. He was on my flight. He was actually going to Buffalo. I don't know if he was coming here for a convention or whatever. Like, I'm sure he does like appearances. So he was coming here and he's on my flight and he did something sort of unusual. He he sat in row one. So the people in row one. Well, he needs a space. (laughs) (laughs) When you arrive, the people in row one get up and they leave. They're the first ones to leave the airplane. We got in and he um, he didn't leave. He stood up in his seat, but he didn't actually exit the aircraft. So like then as we're deplaning, like all the people in the back of the plane are like, oh, my God, that's Ron Jeremy. Well, that's what he wanted. So they're stopping and taking selfies and stuff. And I was like, I was just surprised that he didn't just leave. Like, usually celebrities are like, put their head down and they just get out of there because they don't want to deal with it, you know, so. I had the opportunity to meet him once. Oh, he did? And they're like, hey, Jimbo, Ron Jeremy. I said, get the fuck away from me. Don't touch me. <laughs> I don't want to hear your stupid jokes. But that that's what, he was probably coming to Lovejoy to record a stag film or something. That's probably what he was up to. That's hilarious. He he was he was nice, though, other than, other than that. A sort of odd way to leave it normally leaving the airplane you get right out 
I just found that odd that he didn't do that. Actually, one of the nicest celebrities I met was Rob Flynn. He's the lead singer of the band Machine Head. So I was going to Oakland, which it turns out he's from there. I didn't know that. And we're going to Oakland, and he's standing there waiting to use the lab, and he's you know, got long hair and a long beard and tattoos and just looks like a hardcore dude. And I'm just friendly to him like I'm friendly to everyone else. And I was like, hey, man, how's it going? And uh, he was super nice, and we started like kind of chatting. And then uh, after a little bit of conversation, he's like, oh, man, I'm, you know, like, I'm going to give you my email. If you ever need tickets, just let me know. So then they, the next, that next year, they were on one of the tours that came to Buffalo to Darien Lake. So I emailed them and I was like, hey, man, uh, you're on this tour coming to Buffalo. We met on a flight. And he's like, no problem. Go to Will Call and we'll hook you up. So I go and I brought my friend Chrissy. We got backstage passes, VIP. We could go wherever we wanted. It was super wow. awesome, actually. And he was a really, really nice guy. Like you, appearances, you look at him and go, oh, this guy's like hardcore. He's super, you know, he's got all the tattoos and everything. But don't judge a book by its cover, man. He's <laughs> a nice guy. I I always judge a book by its cover. <laughs> That's why the books have them. A smart man once said. <laughs> yeah, and before that show came out, you had talked about the flight. What is it? The whatever to Vegas. Oh, on the way back on Monday morning. Oh, okay. yeah. When you go, when you come back <laughs> oh. on Monday morning, going from Vegas to L.A. And they had been working all weekend. Oh, and yeah. It's a, a lot of a lot of dirty makeup. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's an interesting Christ. crowd that on Monday mornings, you know, they they all the, need blank- the true face of America. <laughs> they all want blankets because they're. Their clothes are so tiny. They're freezing. <laughs> Queen City Roller Girls. When did you start in that? Okay, so I was living in New York City with my ex, and we broke up, and I moved back to Buffalo. And I was I was really I was depressed. I was really depressed. And my friend Corinne, who she joined the Queen City Roller Girls, and uh, she had just joined the boot camp, and she was going, and um, she's like, "You should, you know how to skate. You should be a referee." And I'm like, roller derby is so like who who does roll? It's so weird, you know. Like I, this is in 2007, and I'm or 2000 and yeah, 2008. Sorry, and I'm like, I don't know. And she kept on me. My friend Corinne, Corinne's all over me. Like, come on, you got to try it. You're gonna really like it. I trust me. So I finally, I'm like, all right, I'll go check it out. So I go to the Rainbow Roller Rink in North Tonawanda, and. Um, I walk in and so she's like, bring your skates and bring whatever pads you have, whatever. So I show up at the rink and I walk through the door and there's a practice like they're all warming up. There's like a hundred people skating with pads on and girls, girls all women <laughs> and they're skating and they're it's intense. And I go in and this this lady skates up to me. Her name's Mia Mahler <laughs> and she's like. She's probably close to six feet tall. She's on skates, so she's like six three ish. And I'm five eight. So I'm like she's very intimidating. She skates right up to me and she's like, What do you want? And I'm like, uh, I'm here. My friend told me to I should be a referee. I was like, uh and so she goes, Wait here. She skates away. She comes back with like a thing like a super thick book of paper and is like, All right, these are the rules. 
learn the rules. And There's she that goes, many rules at roller derby? Yeah. She slams the rule book down and just skates away. And I'm like, okay. And I like, so I like put my stuff on and I skate. And then, then I walk out of there that day like, what did I just do? <laughs> like, I just signed up for something. Like, I'm, I'm in now. <laughs> so then I, I was a referee for the Queen City Roller Girls for a year. Cured the lonely. Oh my god! Oh, uh, like <laughs> there's so there's a saying: "Roller derby saved my soul," and uh, I feel like <laughs> roller derby saved my soul. Like I was I was very depressed and down and out, and then I became friends with a hundred women at the same time, and I was like, "Oh, maybe it's maybe it's not so bad. You know, maybe I'll be all right." <laughs> Made it easy to go to the parties you put together. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then so I I joined the derby as a ref and i did that for like a year and then eventually i have coached i was lindy ref was my derby name because uh lindy lindy ruff was the head coach of the sabers at the time so i thought oh lindy ref actually my first choice was lindy ruff r-o-u-g-h but it was it was too similar to someone else's name so it got declined. Like you have to submit a request. Oh, to, really? Yeah, yeah, it's real. It was real complicated at the time. You had to like go on this website and you had to like submit your wish name, and then they would be like too raunchy. Well, it had to be different enough from everyone else. It could be as raunchy as you wanted it to be. Well, we had the notorious VAG. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there were some pretty. There were some pretty funny ones, you know. But you, yeah, you could kind of. My second choice was going to be Alex P. Creepin. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see any good girl fights from this stuff? Uh, when I joined Derby, it was really growing up. It was getting much more sophisticated and much more like so it started when it started to make its comeback as a sport, like probably like around in the early 2000s. Um, that was super common, maybe. But then by 2008, it was much more sophisticated. It was they were playing, trying to win. Yeah, it's competitive, uh-huh. and so that was kind of out. There was not a lot. There, there are other leagues that do stuff like that, but I was never really involved with any leagues. Yeah, I I, just, uh, I, I met uh, probably the same girl that gave you the the rules. I met her. I said, so do you guys beat the shit out of each other? And she grabbed me, and I'm a little shit, you know? She goes, you want to find out? I was like, get your hands off me, lady. Go go skate in circles and get dizzy, will you? Because I'm a hockey guy. I don't even know anything about roller derby. But, but I went, and you know what? I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's it's amazing. Um, And it's grown up so much in Buffalo. Like, we have, like, we're Buffalo guys. We love Buffalo. We always love to be like, Buffalo's the best. And Buffalo has one of the best facilities to watch roller derby in the world. Where Riverworks? Riverworks. Like I, you said, I don't understand the rules. I the best way to describe it is, it's five on five, full contact racing. <laughs> and there's two players that are the only ones that score. Yeah, and they get whipped around, right? They have the star on their helmet. Oh, okay. So like, but that's really all you need to really know. And then you can watch derby, and it's fun. You know, the the other stuff, there are a lot of rules. It's a pretty complicated rule set, um, but that's enough to get by and enjoy the game. You know, you can at least say, oh, I see that she has the star in her helmet. They're trying. The other players are trying to stop her and she's trying to get by and her team's trying to help her get get past. So it's 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 one of the most complicated sports to learn to be good at in terms of strategy, because you have to play offense and defense at the same time. 
Whereas every other sport, like, you know, we've, we play lacrosse and hockey and, um, you know, it's, you're, it's very clear. You're either on offense or defense uh-huh. derby. You sometimes have to do both at once, which is unbelievably difficult to wrap your mind around in terms of strategy. So, so Bob, you're meeting interesting people. You're, you're you know, you're doing the airs work, getting everybody where they got to go. And from time to time, a lot of people in Buffalo see that you pop up and they don't even know you're a fucking superhero. Yeah. Now you, <laughs> the superhero Alliance, you see them at, you guys do great charity work and Thank you. you, you'll see them at the Bison's game, Marky, the bandits game. And I think that's where it started, right? The bandits game. Tell us a little about how you get in with the superhero Alliance. Cause this is, this is fascinating. Okay. So, but in order to like get to the superhero alliance, I got to first go back a little bit. So I always wanted to be a stormtrooper. Actually, who a doesn't, Bob? I always wanted a stormtrooper <laughs> with better costume. aim. That's all I ever wanted in terms of a costume. I always wanted to be a stormtrooper, but a stormtrooper costume is super complicated to build. It's very expensive to buy, like a kit. So you buy a kit when you, if you want to become a stormtrooper, you can do it. You go online and you can uh, join these forums, which I can explain in a second, but you, you buy a kit and the kit's like somewhere between 450 and a thousand dollars for the kit. And it comes in pieces and you have to assemble the whole thing and custom fit it to yourself. And then in order to create the costume, I didn't know how to do any of that. Like I didn't have any skills in terms of building things. So I was like, I gotta, I want to try a project to see if I can figure out how to do something like that. So I went online. There's this guy named stealth and he's got a bunch of YouTube videos. You can look them up. And he, he made, um, an Iron Man suit basically out of, it's called foam Pepakura. So Pepakura is, uh, basically an, or a computer program that enables origami creation. So, um, people have learned how to adapt Pepakura to make foam costumes. So they like, they like, basically you download a file that you can find online for free. Somebody made and created and uploaded, download that for free. And then you print it out onto paper, like a cardstock kind of paper. Then you take that cardstock paper and you cut the pieces out like little small pieces. And then you'll assemble those. You put those onto, um, foam, trace them and cut those little foam pieces out. Then you hot glue all the foam pieces together and it builds these like costume armor costume pieces. So I made an Iron Man suit. And that was my first costume, it was my first attempt at building anything. And it was it's funny, it was right when I had uh I had met my wife and we were engaged and I started the costume in June and I built the whole thing in her basement from June to October. And I wore it on Halloween. I DJed on Halloween. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I wore the iron. That was the first time right. I ever wore that. Was was that night when I DJed? Because that's another one of your hobbies, DJing. You <laughs> DJed my wedding. Thank you very much. Yes, it was awesome. I had a blast. <laughs> um, I I love. I like to teach myself how to do things. I think that's that's partly also why I became a flight attendant. I was in college. I didn't enjoy it. I had no purpose. I wasn't gonna become. Like I was a history, like history major. I thought maybe I'll become a teacher someday, but then that was going to require me going for a master's degree. And I was like, I just, I don't know if I have it in me to stick with it for so long. And I, 
now that like that I'm older, I'm 40 now. I can look back and say, I am way better off to learn something on my own. And so I, I learned how to make the costume. I learned how to DJ like from watching videos. And so I basically, I love to like basically like teach myself a skill and then see, see how it goes. So you get settled down. Uh, the Roar Derby Queens are uh, getting you comfortable. You're not depressed anymore. You're building <laughs> these costumes. How are you meeting the rest of these people, the the rest of the Alliance? How do you meet them? Okay, so uh, I made the Iron Man suit um, for Halloween that one year. And um, I had the suit. And uh, my friend, uh, Brian Patrick Stoyle, he's actually like a... a an actor and a writer director and he where he lives in New York city now, but he was living in Buffalo and, um, he was friends with several people that had these, um, that had superhero costumes. And there was a skating rink in Lockport called, um, it was La- Skateland of Lockport and they were having financial hardship. So they were trying to, um, create an event to do like basically like a, a last ditch like fundraiser to try to keep the the place open. So Brian organized, helped organize an event called superhero save Skateland, And he just reached out to everyone he knew that had a superhero costume. The reason I know Brian going back, going back is through the Northridge. I was, I was a member of the Northridge because I wanted to build the stormtrooper costume. I was associated with the Northridge. Like, so I joined their boards and um, the Northridge is like the local costuming group for Buffalo. Um, they were originally a fan force chapter and they've since evolved and now it's, they're just the Northridge Buffalo. And, um, so I knew Brian through the Northridge and Brian reached out to me cause he knew I had the Ironman suit. So I, I went to the superhero save Skateland event and I met a bunch of people at the event, um, that were there. So like Alex Sloan McBride was Green Lantern and Sherry Lynn Litz was there. She was Poison Ivy and, uh, Will Lorenz, I met he's Buffalo's best Batman. <laughs> and uh, so he was there. And um, Which Batman is he, though? I heard there's uh, a new Batman in town, though. There's a bunch of Batmans. Like, but, is he Michael Keaton Batman? Uh, I think is he does. He I think you would Batman? say he does, like, a variant. Like, he does his own kind of variant version of Batman. If I was going to be a Batman, I'd be the cheesy Adam West Batman. That'd be cool. We got him, hey, man. You can always join. <laughs> I don't look good in tights. <laughs> but so I met uh Will and Sherry, Alex, um, and then obviously I knew Brian already. And um I don't want to leave people out because they're still members. Becca Barnum was there. She was she's from the Rochester area. And so um and Tom Litz, Sherry's husband Tom, he was there. He was in a Jack Sparrow costume though. <laughs> and Steve Lucasa came as Chewbacca. So uh, we worked it out. But anyway, so the the group of us we um we we stayed in touch through Facebook, and then um after so afterwards I just came up with Western New York Superhero Alliance was like the thing I I called the group on Facebook I just came up with the title, and we operated under the Western New York Superhero Alliance for a while like maybe a year, and then um <clears throat> eventually reached a point where. We were getting requested to appear at events like pretty regularly. It was becoming harder and harder to manage. And it was just Will Lorenz and I were like the two people managing the group on Facebook. We were arranging all the appearances. We were setting up everything. And it was a lot of work. And I felt like I wasn't doing a good job. So 
Um, and Will is an attorney. Um, the guy who's Buffalo's best Batman. He's an attorney and his career really was taken off and he, uh, he really had to focus on his work for a bit there and he didn't have time. So I was kind of doing it by myself for a while. And that's when I said, you know what? I, there's no, re no reason that I need to do this by myself. There's all these other people that are interested. Let's make it into an organization that is run by the members as, um, you know, a charity group that's just run by the membership and we can like work out how to formulate uh, a team at that point. And so then we, we ended up switching the name. We changed the name to the superhero Alliance of Western New York, <laughs> which still hangs around in the term Sony. You'll see S A W N Y. That is like a hashtag or like a swear Sony Inc. Uh, we're superhero Alliance Sony Inc like legally yeah uh -huh. um so that that name still kind of hangs around to this day but that was the origin of what how we came together um and it's just evolved to now we have 80 members of the group does we, anybody ever show up where you're like dude you can't you can't come in do, do the costumes get approved so yeah we've we've grown up to the point now where we have a costume committee costume wow a, a member the membership com team uh, we, we have, we're super organized. So we have, we have a board of directors. We have, a, a executive <laughs> council who runs the, the, the group. And then there's a director of membership. And then under the director of membership, we have a membership, uh, like basically team who, when we get new members, we welcome them to the group. Um, you can join by the way, as a member without having a costume. Well, um, what fun is that? It's actually super fun. What do you do? Just so get we ship faced in the stands and watch the. We call it hero. Fight? We call it hero support. Oh well, that's and a good so idea. so like if I wear costumes, like I wear Groot. I'm I have a Groot costume where I wear a helmet and I have stilts. I'm seven foot five. Yeah, so, wait till you, wait till these oh, the listeners yeah. see us. We're gonna take we got, pictures we got one of, this. of that. Yeah, Let's... we got the head of Groot right here. <laughs> so it's it's very difficult to wear that costume in a crowd. So I basically need somebody to stay with me to make sure I don't trip or no one messes with me or whatever. So um, this, the hero support, that's a, such an important role that people you know, can volunteer for. So we have 80 members of the group. We, we, I'm going to guess we have over 200 costumes now. At wow. This point. 200 characters that we portray. All the members are volunteers. They all build or make or buy their own costumes. They maintain their own costumes. And just how do you join? Them. So um, you can join through Facebook. Uh, that's probably the our main uh, venue for managing the group, for creating our appearances. Everything is through Facebook. So if you go to our Facebook and you just type in Superhero Alliance, we'll come up. Go to our Facebook page. There's a, you know, join us like button you can click and it'll direct you to a form you can fill out favorite su superhero marky it's an easy question for me i don't know i always loved batman because he fought with his hands you know like just he was just like a gritty superhero you know yeah i've always been an underdog guy it's not a <laughs> surprise <laughs> um so superhero alliance we've seen you everywhere anytime you've seen a superhero costume probably in the last seven years. Bob yeah, was Bob was maybe. probably there. Bob yeah. was there. He was either Groot, <laughs> so, Iron Man. You guys make a lot of appearances, right? Yeah. yeah. So our executive director, Bill Reynolds, Dr. Bill Reynolds, 
So these are doctors. These these aren't just guys <laughs> like watching prices right in their shorts. No, like yeah, these, they, these guys are every, successful people. Everyone has a career, you know, outside of the superhero alliance. That's we, great. We just come together to try to bring joy and to raise awareness, to raise money for good causes, to to make. Uh, I hate to use the word charity because, you know, we we like for example, we did an event where we went to. Um, the Grove, um, right off the thruway there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, we're not going to say his name, but yeah, I know what you mean. So we're at, we we went to an event there where they had, it was a, a group of uh, developmentally disabled adults, and they were having, like, basically a party. And so I, you know, I don't want to call that charity, because that's not, I don't think of that. It's too good. We're supporting a worthy cause. Yeah. You know? yeah. So that, to me, is ultimately why I like to use that phrase, you know. You're yeah. good. You're you're a do-gooder, Bob. <laughs> I, I mean, and, so. and some people will listen to this, Mark, and will say, what the fuck? Nerd, cheesy. Listen, just like we do, Mark, these guys are bringing joy to people's faces that are don't maybe don't have a great life, didn't have a good day, you know, and I think that's great. And more of that should be out there. Everybody's always hating on somebody, and I'm guilty of it, too. I'm trying to become a better person, Mark, but... <laughs> I, I, I think that's cool. When I see that these guys are around, I'm like, you know what? That's great. And these costumes, we got one here. This ain't fucking paper mache here. Like, I <laughs> no, can't even is... make one of those footballs. <laughs> I can't I can't imagine making this thing. Yeah, this stuff looks Maybe great. Pop. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. like rubber, man. You're putting yourself out there, and this is, <laughs> this is great. You made this, Bob, right? Yeah, I did. Wow. That's unbelievable. We'll, we'll get some pictures up on this. Yeah, so that's EVA foam. Um, it's just made like an it's an anti fatigue mat. Like you you put it down in your basement or your workshop. Maybe you work out on it. Yeah, and that's usually how people use that. But so you can I've learned through the internet basically how, how, that there's a way to adapt those foam mats and build costumes out of it. And so I a, made this from scratch. Is this a USB in the back of it? Yeah, there's a so the top comes off, and there's a fan. Inside the helmet. There's a fan in there? See the fan in there? And so I can, I plug that USB into a power bank and it powers the fan. I can't even put together a fucking shelf. (laughs) (laughs) Get better though, Marky. But that makes a huge difference having a little fan inside because obviously I'm sweating. The whole costume is made of like foam insulation, like insulation for plumbing basically for Groot. Mm -hmm. So it's super hot. I mean, I sweat. I lost. I weighed myself one time, and I lost. I think like six pounds, maybe. Like For the I, kids. Like I wore. I weighed myself. I went and wore it to an appearance, and then I weighed myself again, and I was. I think like six pounds. I lost. Jesus. Well, but it was a long day. But, <clears throat> and that fan makes a huge difference to give me visibility in the helmet with uh, so it doesn't fog up. Is your your stormtrooper costume? Is that uh? Film quality is that like because you're in like a club? Well, okay, yeah. So, this. so okay. yeah. Let's yeah. go into the, the <laughs> Star Wars. Bob Whalen Jr. He is in the Garrison Elect Excelsior. Excelsior. Yeah. And your call sign is Bobby from Buffalo. Yep. And your weapon is an E11 blaster. That's right. So he's got a tr- <laughs> fucking trading card, Mark. <laughs> is that you? That's me. Yeah, oh. that's a picture of me. And now, like Bart asked, is is it? Is this legit? Like, could yeah, this be so, in a new movie? Yes. So I, I basically, I always wanted to be a stormtrooper. That was my 
original plan. And so over time, I, I developed a skill for building costumes. I started with the Iron Man suit, learned a bunch of stuff on YouTube. And then actually my grandmother passed away. And when I lost my grandma, she left me a, some money, a little bit of money. And I took the money and I bought a Stormtrooper costume. So that's kind of cool to me, too, is that every time I wear it, you know, I think of my gram and that's awesome. That's pretty. Oh, awesome. that's cool. Yeah. So the, anyway, so the Stormtrooper costume, uh, you buy it in pieces and you have to assemble it into like a, a custom fit for yourself. But so in order to, to learn how to do that, there's all these um, resources on the Internet. And so I was already a member of the Northridge. I joined uh, the forums for WhiteArmor.net. So WhiteArmor.net is like the place where you learn how to make a Stormtrooper costume, basically. And this fucking blows my mind. <laughs> it really does. I, I never thought, like, I thought you just, you know, you bought this. You got to fucking build these things and it's, then learn how to have bad aim since you're a stormtrooper. <laughs> oh, Star Wars joke, Marky. You didn't think I had an enemy. Uh, it's basically like building a giant model. If you think of wow. like building a model, like a toy model, it's the same kind of skills, but it's just much bigger. So I learned. So I, I joined WhiteArmor.net and I, um, the, the local group is Garrison Excelsior. The, the worldwide group is the 501st Legion. So the 501st Legion is amazing. They do appearances all over the world. They raise millions of dollars for charity. They, um, they're, they're partners with uh, Make-A-Wish and uh, just like super awesome. And that's like the big time. Like they're like the biggest costuming organization in the world. The 501st Legion and the Rebel Legion, they're basically like, you know, sister organizations. And and then there's the Mando Mercs for like Boba Fett and like those characters, but under the umbrella, when, when I say the 501st Legion, it's I'm referring to everybody, but that's basically the organization I joined was the 501st. So when you become a member of the 501st, you can join the garrison boards as a trainee, and you can learn what to do, and you can find resources to acquire the costume in the first place. There are people that just buy them. You can buy one; it's expensive. How much is that? Um, if you bought like a finished, ready to wear stormtrooper costume, you're going to spend over a thousand dollars for sure. Just, but that's built already. You can go, I've seen them go as low as like four fifty. I think I spent six, maybe 600. Wow. And then I bought boots and gloves and I bought a voice amplifier and a voice modulator. And you know, you, you get in, I'm probably in, well, we have a real stormtrooper here. Yeah. You're a real stormtrooper. So, yeah, so when I finished building the costume, finally, I submitted, you have to submit your photos for approval to the Legion, and they approve your, when they finally approve you, you put in a request for your a name, so you can choose your, or which is a designation, your number designation. So, like, all stormtroopers are TK. So, like, I'm TK71600 is my Stormtrooper, I have my own personal designation that's just just refers to me, so that's kind of cool. So I have a New Hope stunt stormtrooper is officially what I have approved in the five hundred first Legion. So it's so in the movie A New Hope, the first Star Wars movie. There's two. There's actually two stormtrooper costumes. The stunt is what's worn by like all the extras, and then the hero version is the one that's worn by Luke and Han when okay. they go to the detention block. 
So those costumes are actually slightly different. Most people would never know the difference. Right. But this group, they're dedicated to preserving, you know, the to to being real stormtroopers. So they canon as they call they it. Canon. So it's perfect identical matches to the screen version is what I have. Wow. Holy fuck. <laughs> and I just I, that it's interesting. Now you guys are all the Bisons ended up with Star Wars night. I've went. It, it's a great event. It's amazing. I think I should be uh, coordinating the fight scenes. Talk about how that starts with are, are all these groups that you're in, uh, your garrison, are, are they involved? Are, so, yeah, so the Buffalo Bison Star Wars night is incredible. Did they start it? Yeah. That, I just watched those films. Those were cool, and that's by that guy. What was his name? Oh, Brian. Yeah. Yeah, Brian Patrick Stoyle. Yeah. So he's still in the member of the Northridge. So, okay, so the Star Wars costuming world has more than one group. I just mentioned the sure. Mandalorian Mercs, the Rebel uh, the, the Rebel Alliance, the 501st uh, Legion, uh, or sorry, the, yeah. So anyways, and then there's also like this, the Northridge. So the Northridge was the first, the Northridge and the 501st Legion were involved with when the Bisons first started Star Wars night and um, it started off kind of modestly they had like they did at one point this is before I was a member I'm just repeating a story I've heard they basically did um, like a, a recreation of a scene from one of the movies from one of the one of the first episodes like episode one two or three right they actually learned a f like exact choreograph uh, choreography from the fight scene and they recreated the fight scene on the field where As, are these like, practices held um, so to, to practice the, the fight scenes, we practice all over uh, really? Western New York. Um, they we've the McKinley Mall gives us a space to use. Oh, there's not going on there. Uh, <laughs> they're actually that's cool, though, that they let us use yeah, that community room. Uh, so the McKinley Mall gives us a space. We work. We've rehearsed in churches and, um, you know, uh, outside at parks. You know, we've been walking by Marky. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It's great. We, and that's one of the like funny ways we end up recruiting new members. Uh, yeah, because we're like out and like, you know, you'll you go by a park and there's 100 people or not. Maybe not 100, maybe 20 people. And they all have lightsabers. And you're like, what is going on here? And they're like literally dueling. <laughs> they're 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 creating their choreography for their fight sequences. So but so anyway, so to go back, we with the, those first fight sequences for um we're kind of modest and it's grown slowly and the bisons are amazing. So what a cool organization to be able to partner with. And they provide us with, um, a film crew. They let us write and, and direct and record, uh, episodic storytelling. So we have, we record like episodes of, you know, a, a sequence of stories and they play the scenes between the innings of the baseball game. Oh yeah. So they'll play, um, they're about a minute long, minute and a half maybe. And they play those between each inning and then it like sort of ends with an on scene yeah. battle on the field. And so that all of that, there's so much work that goes into that between the people that write, the people that direct, the people that act. You have to learn like all these lines and stuff and record them and then learn your choreography that goes with the matches, the, the dialogue that's wow. played. And then it's just, it's a, it's a super cool event though. And we raise a ton of money for a local charity called compass house. Um, they actually help 
basically homeless youth in Western New York. And um, it's all the money goes to that. So like when you go to like the Bison Star Wars night or superhero night um, now superhero Alliance and the Northridge are separate organizations. I'm a member of both and we have our own charities that we work with, but like for the Northridge compass house is the charity. And that's, and that's the star Wars night. That's star Wars night. And then for the superhero Alliance, we work, I think this year we're going to partner uh, with um, children's hospital and with explore and more museum. Oh, that's I think those cool. are like our newer charities. I, I, I don't quote me on that, but we're, we're working up new relationships all the time. Mm. And so, but all the money that, that they gain, that they, from the sale of like, if you go to star Wars night and you buy like one of the laser swords, because they can't say, Oh, like, they can't. Say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas, so if Lucas you every bit, they're, they're actually super cool to the bisons though. <laughs> Lucasfilm limited is amazing to the Buffalo bisons. Like the relationship there is incredible. Um, so all those laser swords that you buy, all the money from that goes to Compass House. And same thing when, you know, when you go to superhero night, <clears throat> if you buy one of those shields or capes, <laughs> that stuff all goes to, um, our local, whoever our charity, like last year was the, um, the super, <clears throat> excuse me, the superhero race, which supports the mental health association of Erie County, Compere of greater Buffalo and Casa. So the, all the money went to that. And I think we raised like $10,500 on Superhero Night in one day. That's pretty good, Bob. It's awesome for like just a bunch of people that <laughs> are like, they have a, something in common. They all like, they're all nerds, you know. It's all clean and fun too. Good old fashioned clean fun, Mark. It really is. And it, like that's one of the things I'm the most proud of is I, I, what you were talking about becoming a member. And I think I, I really like love the fact that we try, we try really hard to include people um, because I think people that are interested in, in creating a costume, wearing it out in public for an event, they want to be part of a member, a member of an organization like these. Like you're also the same person who's excluded from things in your life because you're a nerd. Yeah, because you like those things. You yeah. weren't cool or whatever. You, for whatever reason, at some point in your life, we've all gone through that. And I, I just love that the organization exists to welcome someone like that and be part of something bigger. Yeah. And you, know? you always help. I, I see you helping people build their costumes all the time. So I love, I love to build stuff. I love to build costumes. I love to build props. Um I was part of a build team for the Northridge. We built a replica one-to-one scale job of the hut. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, this thing is the platform that it sits on is eight feet by 16 feet. I've seen that. Yeah. It was at uh, nickel city con. Yeah. Yeah. And it two two puppeteers operate it from the inside. So you get inside one guy does one person guy or girl. They do, they put their arm into the sleeve and they operate the right arm and like the mouth, and then the other person operates the left arm and the tongue, because Java's got that <laughs> yeah, nasty like the, tongue. Yeah. And so, and like we, I made like a record, like I used um, GarageBand, and I made like a recording of like a track of Jabba like speaking. Uh, so uh, we, uh, exactly. <laughs> so it's it, we play this track, and the people like inside like move around a little bit, and they make the mouth move, and it's super awesome, 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 awesome. One of the most things I've ever been a part of building. You're probably a fucking gangbuster with a Lego, aren't you? <laughs> I was, you know, it's funny. I I don't have a lot. I was never a big Lego guy. I had some when I was a kid, but 
I just built a Lego Batman, actually. Of course you did. Oh, <laughs> we, well, so I wanted to do a new costume for Halloween, so I made a Lego Batman. And it, also, coming up next year is the 80th anniversary of Batman really? as a, as a oh, comic wow. book. It's the 80th anniversary. So uh, the Superhero Alliance, it's a little premature. It's Nothing's official yet, but we're trying to organize an event um, to celebrate the 80th anniversary of Batman. And we're working with our uh, a relationship with, um, hopefully, with Exploring More. And we're hoping to do something with them in October. So I'm sure you'll get everything. Circle you want. that on your calendar. <laughs> if you're a Batman fan, we're going to have, in Western New York, we're going to have a huge, awesome Batman celebration in October. It looks like. That's what's looking like right now. That would be amazing. Well, back to Star Wars. If you guys need any extras for like a canteen scene, oh, yeah. For the bio, me and Mark, you'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, 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 Weirdos. Yeah. yeah. We know a bunch of mutants. That would be awesome. We could bring the local mutants with us. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't like you. <laughs> Imagine if you're at the game. And, I don't like you, you either. You look up and, and we're sitting there, half bobbed and petty bones, and they're they're filming us. Yeah, I don't like you either. Well, all right. <laughs> what do you guys think of the new films? I know they're not for us. They're. I get it all the time when I slam them. I'm like, I I hate them. Okay. I don't like them. I and, have and an I un- yeah. I have an unpopular opinion. I love. The Force Awakens. Oh man, it's terrible. People hate it. I love it, and I'll, I'll tell you why. A couple reasons I really like it. I love in the movie that Ray uses the Force a bunch of times, but she doesn't know that she knows how to use the Force. Like right in the beginning of the movie, um, she's she she has to pilot the Millennium Falcon, and she's flying it, and Finn's in the gunner, and the gun gets jammed, and it doesn't work. And she like flips the Millennium Falcon around so that the gun points at the target and he blows, he blasts it away. And he's like, how, how did you do that? And she's like, I don't know, just lucky or like whatever. Like, but like she's using the force, but she doesn't know that she knows how to use the force. So like some of the criticisms of the movie, like they'll say, oh, Kylo Ren would have destroyed her, you know, but she's already good at using the force. She just didn't know it. And he's like super injured. Spoiler alert. He's super injured when they fight. But yeah. but then, Bob, how the fuck do you kill Han Solo? <laughs> Here's the thing. I didn't mind that the way he died, but his buddy watches him die. Yeah. It doesn't go fucking crazy, Chewbacca. And then the next movie, I know I'm jumping around. I got a lot to fucking say about these movies. <laughs> how come there's no fucking Han Solo funeral? Well, that's a good point. I don't of know. course it is. Yeah, I would like, like to I see mean, that. Although they didn't, well, you could have brought in every. Guy. They didn't recover his body. I don't think. You don't need a body. Look <laughs> at JFK Jr. They didn't find that fucking guy. So, I love how I, I love how I got the comparison to real life in Star Wars, but, uh, but. They could have brought in everybody from all over the fucking galaxy. You know, like, oh, my God, I haven't seen that character in a while. <laughs> and this character. You know what I mean? You yeah. know what I'm trying to say? That would be fun. Of course. I got more ideas, but we'll I, be here all fucking I just, morning. Yeah, I like, my thing was is they made all the other movies not matter. At some point, make something where that the good actually did something. You know, because it really, they're just like, oh, yeah, they just took over again. It's like know. a money grab. <laughs> I'm going to jump around. I, I got a lot of gripes, and we're talking to a 
professional Star Wars guy yeah, here. I so mean, I, 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 sorry, sorry, we're like, sorry ah, we're yelling, at yelling at you. How the fuck? Does it's it, all my fault. Yeah, basically. your fucking fault, Bob. I'll just say, how the fuck do you have Leia? What what the fuck was that? I now I'm swearing at Star Wars. Like what the fuck? Okay, I have a solution. She's floating in. What what the hell was that? If I could, if if they let me like re-edit that scene and reshoot it, I would do. I would change that. That'd be one of the things I would change. The only thing I would change about it though is when Leia gets ejected. And spoiler alert: Leia gets ejected into space. (laughs) When she gets ejected out into space and uh, she's dying, basically. And she, she's dead. She uses the force to go back to the ship rather than have her do that Mary Poppins thing where she's just <laughs> what like, the fuck? I didn't like that choice. I what would have been awesome to me is if they had her be more aware, like you see her eyes open and she reaches out and grabs the starship and brings it to her. I guess it would have just really changed that whole far, scene. Yeah. I guess it would have made the scene super cool. Instead of like so corny and like Mary Poppins, that was the corniest thing yeah. I've fucking seen in a Star Wars movie. The, yeah, I mean the thing I did like about uh, the new movie is how he took things really quick, crushes the helmet, <laughs> and like the first thing you know, it was like, yeah, yeah I hated that helmet too, man. You so know, what's like, just a lot of like the things that like I love that they killed Snoke. Please don't ever bring Snoke. Oh, back. he's coming back. The <laughs> worst bad guy you could ever make. They're, we've always talked. They're like the one, two, and three movies, like. I always gave him credit because I got I got that like the four, five, and six was the action film. One, two, and three was the love story. We know that the best bad guy was the best athlete, Darth Maul. Now you bring back the other old guy where you're just sitting in a fucking chair. Have more fucking crazy bad guys. <laughs> As you could tell, we've had many debates. <laughs> I see you guys um, are fired up about this. <laughs> my my buddy Paulio. It's for the kids. It's for the kids. My buddy Paulio tells me to calm down during the movies. I'm like, I'm always smacking them when they got references and like, look at it. We go, we go watch all the Star Wars movies together. But what happens next? Oh, jeez, I have no idea. Well, luckily I, I, you're here, Bob, because I think I know. Okay, I'm ready. All right, here's what's gonna happen. <laughs> they're gonna make, they're gonna reincarnate all these fucking guys. The Emperor, Darth Vader, there's going to be something with the fucking universe and that you could come back reincarnated from a force ghost. I know. I, I, and I'm not joining the group. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> He's looking at me like, holy fuck. Hey, but we we love to get new members, though. So if you want to join. I, maybe I will just to, just so I can play that guy. He doesn't like you. I know a guy that looks like that guy, too. You barky, you know him, too. You just want them to come out with a new character that you could build the costume. Yeah, just make just, it cool. I like just just keep making the movies like at a steady pace, but not too often. I like the keep solo movie. I don't really give a fuck whether anyone else liked no, it. No, I loved it. I, liked the I thought it was, great. was good. I thought yeah. the actor was real. I was initially I saw the the choice of casting and I was like, uh, I don't know about this guy. He doesn't really look like Harrison Ford, but his acting, his mannerisms and everything. He does a good job of portraying Han Solo. Fucking movie. Why it, is it? It was it, it was fun. I like that they brought, you know, that was cool that they introduced the concepts of the Millennium Falcon and the that why, was that was good. Why the ship was special and the the robot the the droid being you know paired with it and it was I thought it was cool the whole I don't know yeah I, I'm the worst person to ask about movies because I just like everything 
Like, so, that was great. Yeah, like it doesn't matter. It could be the worst. And I'm like, oh, I liked it. I, the one I really wanted was Boba Fett because there was a story that they were going to make a Boba Fett. But I think you're going to see it still. I don't know. It. I thought that I saw good. some sort of costume in the the Han Solo movie. Yeah, there's a there's an Easter egg, Bob. Yeah. We, oh, the, really? We got to tell you about. I don't the think I saw it. I think that I th- see. I always thought that uh, you know Boba Fett was the dreaded pirate Roberts thing. Like he's <laughs> Boba Fett, she's Boba Fett. Oh. Doesn't matter who's Boba Fett. Yeah, you know I think, it's a name. I like that idea. You know that would be awesome, actually. Because then yeah, just, Rob Reiner could come back and it, just do Princess Bride slash Star Wars <laughs> Boba Fett movie. It's eternal then too. Like it never ends. You just yeah. Immortal. I mean, I thought that's I thought that's what it was. And so I don't on, know. on the back of your uh, trading card here, the fifth. 501st Legion, you got Weird Al Yankovic in a picture. Yeah. So how did you get hooked up with Weird Al? So the the 501st Legion, I mentioned how they do so much good work around the world. Um, And they're super organized. It's a gigantic group. There's, I think, around somewhere between 15 and 20,000 members of the 501st Legion in the world. And there's about, there's around... 10 to 12,000 stormtroopers in the world. And so um, when Weird Al was doing his tour, he um, had written a few songs about Star Wars, like the saga be the saga begins and all that. And uh, so he wanted to perform those on stage. So he reached out to the 501st Legion and said, do you have uh, some characters that can help me on stage? And it was part of his tour. And they put out the word to all of the members of the 501st Legion so as Weird Al Yankovic went on tour um, around the country, when his tour came to like places where you were nearby, you could sign up and be a, a part of the show. So I, I said, oh, I, could, I can do it in Canandaigua. So I drove to Canandaigua, and I performed on stage with Weird Al. Oh, my God. I, I had to learn like a little dance routine and stuff. It was, uh, it was, it was Darth Vader. He's a legend. Two Stormtroopers and uh, R2-D2 on stage. What is backstage as a Weird Al concert like? So actually, there were a picture of a lot of Doritos. Canandaigua, we had our own room. They ordered us pizza, and they, you know, we had they provided refreshments and everything, and we hung out in the room. We rehearsed basically during his show, and then um, when we felt comfortable, we went up and watched a little bit of the show, and then we went down and suited up so that because it's the way that it worked out in his last tour. The, uh, the encore was the Star Wars part, the Star Wars like medley. So we were on stage for that portion of the show. So was, we were, I was probably on stage for like maybe six minutes, seven minutes, That's somewhere so cool. around there. But it was an amazing experience. The backstage was cool. That's part of it, too, is you're always troubleshooting. You're always fixing your costumes. It's never ending. You finish it and you're like, it's done. I can finally wear it. And then you always break something. Like every time you wear it, you break something. Repairing it. You're always fixing it. It's crazy. So you guys go around with the, with the superheroes and the, the the stormtroopers and the Star Wars guys. You're always at these comic cons, and I've always yeah. wanted to go to a comic con. I wanted to meet Hulk Hogan when he came here. I was a wrestling fan in yeah. the '80s. You know, I guess the line was around the door. But I, I I always see these comic cons. Talk me into getting off my ass and, and going out to these pop culture comic con things. So Buffalo. We have a new, relatively new con. It's Nickel City Con, mm-hmm. and it's put on by David Adams. Oh, and okay. And they do an awesome job. They they spent a lot of money to bring in like really good celebrity guests, and 
it's it was it was super fun this year. They had a party, like a pre party, uh, or maybe it was mid. I don't know. They had a party at, at they partnered with Community Beer Works. Community Beer Works uh, actually made a beer for Comic Con for for Nickel City Con in Buffalo, and it was called the Hopside Down. It was like a Stranger Things. Oh, okay, theme. yeah. And uh, it was it was great though. They had this party, and we got to go over there and hang out and you know, get shit faced with Lou Ferrigno. But you you talking like to to go to a con like that? Like it's cool because they're Buffalo. I feel like Nickel City Con has taken it to the next level. Where when you look at really big cons like San Diego Comic Con International, New York City Comic Con, Salt Lake City, like Phoenix, like the really big ones, they have a lot of like celebrity. They have celebrities, but then they also have like video game interactions and they have the booths and they have the artists and they have the comic book vendors. And, you know, it's I feel like we're heading in that direction where we're getting more of that, like where it's it's more of an experience. In the past, I've been to cons like where it's just a lot of vendors yeah, and you just see like tables with book comic books for sale, which is fun. It's awesome if you like that. But you know the the whole experience of cosplay and uh, video gaming and bands and like parties associated with like that to me is the fun aspect and I loved it that we're getting more of that now. Are there any assholes like us walking around like recording stuff for podcasts or anything? Sure are. There's oh, we're got <laughs> like a whole bunch. We yeah. gotta get there. Mark. No, yeah, we that's nerding out. That's with... turning into like a whole row of tables. Really? That Could I you hook us up? So, do you do you guys I have a talk... booth, or do you go as a fan? So we get a booth. We we like basically get a booth, a donation of a booth mm-hmm. that we're allowed to use, um, and we agree to you know try to man the booth basically like for the the duration of the con. So our our volunteer members come and they'll sign up and say like, okay, I can go to Nickel City Con on Saturday. I'll be there from nine a.m. till two p.m. in my whatever costume. Like I wore, I was there all weekend. I actually got a hotel. I bought. A, I paid for a hotel room downtown, and I just went the whole weekend last year because I was like, I just want to be around it. You know, I just want to be like that's so much fun and I, the people are cool. So I was like, I wore. Groot and Iron Man and I was Ulysses Claw from Black Panther one day and I was a stormtrooper and I wore my Mandalorian armor like I I wore like <laughs> every costume. really nerded out there I went nuts. If you're gonna nerd out you gotta jump yeah. in with both feet there yeah so I I spent the whole weekend and just had a blast it was super fun <laughs> actually um so the the booth that we get is like a donation from the the uh whoever hosts the con you walked into nickel city con you went to the wall the one end of the convention center and we had the northridge 501st legion rebel alliance superhero alliance and um i think he goes by obx megatron and that we're all like grouped together so it was cool because like you could walk in job of the hut was there and like you could walk down to that end of the convention floor and it's just all these characters hanging out and you can take photos for free and interact with us and Awesome. It's a ton of fun, and you do different things like the turkey trot. You're like that oh, was cool. That was cool too. Yeah, we just that was just for fun. My friend Erin, she's a member of the Northridge and the Superhero Alliance. She um she's also really into fitness. She teaches like classes and stuff, and uh, we we were like, let's go, let's run the turkey trot together. So we ran it last year, and we're like. Why don't we have costumes on? Everyone has, there's all these people with costumes. The costume master. We're the costume people and we don't have <laughs> costumes. So we're like, next year we're gonna do a theme. So we came up with Mario Kart. So 
I ended up building. That was you guys? Team Mario Kart. I saw it in Bobby's Hobbies, you know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I built I built uh, seven Mario Karts in my basement. <laughs> <laughs> you did all those? Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> And then, uh, wait, hustle and grind, right? Fuck that's, yeah, that's the theme Bobby. of this also show. Nice and generous, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, salt of the earth, kid. Yeah. <laughs> so I built, I built, I built the seven Mario karts, and then everyone just acquired their own costumes. And uh, I, I think you haven't seen the last of Team Mario Kart. I don't oh, think so. I, I think it's we're a we're already talking about the about doing the Shamrock Run, maybe. Oh really? Yeah. You better watch you gotta, out down there. <laughs> and the people that were running the race, because we started way in the back because we were at the costume contest. We started way at the end. It was 14,000 people at the turkey trot. Did you guys win that costume contest? We won. Oh, best, of course. Best group yeah. of costumes. Of course. Yeah. Well, you fucking better, Bob. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> so we were way in the back when, it's, when the race started. Like It took us, I think it was like nine minutes from when the race began to when we crossed the starting line. Wow. That's how far away we were. Holy up, shit. Up in the crowd. So we passed like hundreds of people in the Mario Karts and they're just cracking up the whole time. Like, <laughs> like what are these idiots doing? It was so much fun. Yeah, I would have been in the Koopa way behind. You know, yeah. if you could be going for a while. I'm That's fast, why I was towed. But... I like the acceleration, yeah. you know? <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> so like any famous Mario character, you almost died twice, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That notorious lake, you know, you got to watch out for the fire. Lake Erie zero, Bob Whalen two. (laughs) Now, tell me about the lake. I don't go in the lake having since I was a kid. The worst, second worst bar ever. Second worst bar ever. There was a couple incarnations. Yeah, the worst bar ever, two. The worst beach ever. The worst worst. bar ever, two. This time it's a beach. (laughs) So that was, again, what was the... What was the bar called you live next door? Uh, Dock of the Bay. Dock of the Bay, so the, which the, is now Dos Amigos. Yeah, if yeah. you're looking yeah. at if you're looking at Dock of the Bay, straight on to the right, the first house that was your house. Yeah, and I I was up there for a couple uh, tragically Sith concerts. Actually, oh, the tragically Sith. Yeah, I almost wore that shirt today. He I designed. Was... <laughs> he designed it. He drew it. Yeah, he was drawing political cartoons at the time. Yeah, a lot when you're on the flights or I something. I sort of forgot about that. Yeah, I used to do political cartoons. But, but... yeah, if you look on our Twitter, you know, Bob drew that. <laughs> so That's talk awesome. about. I I've told this story a lot, and I want to hear how a Ziploc bag first saved your <laughs> life. Now, back then, not everybody had it. There was no real smartphones, right? This is pre-smartphone. Is a flip phone? Yeah, it was a flip phone. A flip phone, yeah. mm-hmm. and you would—I would have never thought of putting my phone in a Ziploc bag. I wouldn't go sailing by myself. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, well, I wouldn't go on Lake Erie. All right, so I got this. My dad had this sailboat. It was like a late '60s Chrysler sailboat, and it didn't have a keel, like a traditional keel. Right. What's a keel? So, in the bottom of a boat, there's a a thing that goes down that usually has weight in it. That helps counterbalance the weight, the the pull of the sail. You know, so when the the boat tips, the weight of the keel offsets it. In this boat, you were the counterbalance, so you had to shift sides while you're sailing in order to. It was really small, a small little Chrysler sailboat. It was really old, super heavy fiberglass. And anyways, he's like, "You can have this boat." So I'm like, "Perfect, I'll sail it." He had, now he had the boat in Hanford Bay at his cottage. And I was like, perfect, I'll sail it to my house in Hoover Beach. It's only like, you know, 25 miles, 20 miles away. You just 
go along the shoreline and I'll I'll be good. And how good were you on the thing? You I was good. I was good. I had never capsized it. I used it all the time. I was pretty good at sailing it. So I'm sailing and I it's a little bit windy that day. It wasn't like crazy, but it was like a stiff breeze, but it was like in the right direction. I'm like, oh, for sailing, this is going to be perfect. I'm going that way. The, the wind's blowing this way. It'll be it'll be perfect. So so I get in the boat and I head out and uh, there's a little chop, but it's fine. I get around now. I've I've spent a lot of time in Lake Erie in boats and around the water, and but most of it was out in Hanford Bay because that's where my dad had his cottage and my grandmother lived out there too. So when I um got to Sturgeon Point, I went around Sturgeon Point, and the waves were gigantic. Like they were like ten foot waves. They're humongous, and I'm in this stupid little boat. <laughs> so I come around Sturgeon Point. And I cannot turn the boat back. I can't tack back towards the shore. Like every time I try, I pull, I pull the sail in and I, I get the boom to swing around and I, I try to switch sides and the wind catches it and it, it flips back the, the wrong, back the other way. So I end up taking a course where I'm just going straight and I'm going left, further from shore, straight, further from shore, straight, further from shore. And I'm getting further and further and further from shore. And I'm like, I'm starting to get nervous. I'm like, I'm way out. I'm three miles from shore now. Holy shit. And I'm, I'm like, this is not going well. So I'm like, I got to turn back the other way. I don't, it's the only way that I'm going to get closer to shore is if I go back to the, to the starboard side. So I, I finally just commit and try to do it. And the boat just capsizes right oh. over, flips right over. As I go overboard, I had a backpack. I grab the backpack and I hold on to it. I was wearing a life jacket and it was buckled. Kids out there, <laughs> don't just put the life jacket on, buckle it. Because right. it won't do anything if it's not buckled. So I had it on, it was buckled. I go overboard, I have the backpack. In the backpack is my cell phone in a Ziploc. So I initially start freaking out like, what the, what am I going to do? I'm swimming around grabbing like there was like extra life preserver in the boat and stuff like that. And like, there's like stuff that I'm like collecting and I'm holding on and the boats bouncing up and down and the, I can hear the mast hitting the bottom of the lake. So the water wasn't that deep. It was probably like 20 feet deep, but I can hear like every time the, every time a huge wave comes, it's the mast is hitting the bottom. So I finally like settled down and I actually went back to my training as a flight attendant. And I was like, situational awareness like okay what are you doing right now what, what is what you're doing helping and i'm like so i'm thinking to myself no what you're doing right now is like panicking and being weird and it's not helping so i settle down calm myself and i'm like all right you got your phone if you can't flip the boat back over it's too heavy it's too windy it's too it, you just can't do it so i call 911 unfortunately it was an old phone and the battery on my phone for phone calls was not very reliable it would last like <laughs> even when it was fully charged it would last for like a five minute call and then it would drop and then so each time the battery would die i would get like half of the amount of time <laughs> to oh use the God. phone so like i call 911 and they're like the the person who answers uh i explain i'm i'm in lake erie I went past Sturgeon Point. I'm heading towards Buffalo. I'm three miles from shore. 
and I capsized my boat. So they're like, okay, and then the call eventually drops. Sir, can you please calm down? <laughs> I was really calm. Actually, there's a recording of the of the call, and I'm, t- I'm pretty proud of myself. I was pretty cool about the whole thing. And uh, the so they use the cell phone, actually, because when you dial 911, it goes into emergency mode. It activates yeah. the GPS. So they're able to use the GPS to kind of get an idea of where I was. And then they sent out the helicopter to look for me. But I made like many, there were several phone calls because the battery kept dropping, the call dying. Um, and with the, the worst part was that I'm holding the phone and every time these gigantic waves crash over, it's not waterproof, you know? Yeah. So I'm holding the phone up. And so like, I'm trying to have this conversation. They're like, where's your location? And I'm like, what? And then, you know the wave crashes over me and then i pull the phone back and now they're they didn't get a response so, so they're confused about what's what going I'm, on yeah they, they they don't understand why i'm not able to just like have like a regular conversation so that was a little tricky that part of it but the coast guard they eventually found me with a helicopter and then they the coast guard boat came and picked me up and they took me back to you know, the Coast Guard station in Buffalo. Did they put one of those famous blankets on you? The Coast no, Guard blankets? No, actually. Nothing? I got a lot of ribbing for this because I was, my ex met me there and she brought my time in lacrosse coat. Oh, so I'm on like the news in my time in lacrosse <laughs> coat and everyone's like, oh, we all look so stupid right now. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Yeah. And then you almost died with your hetero life mate, Frank, too, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, we were swimming. We had several drinks. And uh, this was many years later. We we're, <laughs> were at my house by Dock at the Bay. And there's a rock in the water, like a boulder, out in the water in front of that house. And on the boulder, there's like a, a buoy that someone attached to it so that you don't hit it with your boat. So we're swimming and we're like... Let's swim out to, we used to call it Party Rock Boulder. <laughs> so, like, go to Party Rock Boulder. So, we swim out there, and we got out there, and because the it was real wavy that day, the buoy was much further away from the rock than, like, the line, the nylon rope had, like, stretched. So, the buoy was not near the rock. So, we swam to the buoy, and we're like, there's no rock. Like, it was not where we, we were oh, just okay. thrown off by, like, the location. So... I'm like, I'm going back in. So I, we start swimming back in. And I just, it dawns on me that, like, I am in trouble. Like, I am not swimming well. And it's like the undertow is pulling me back. And I look at Frank and I'm like, Frank, I'm in trouble. <laughs> and I said that. And then as soon as I said that to Frank, he starts panicking. Because then he he realizes. He's in trouble. He's also in trouble. And we're neither of us are doing that great. And so we we did make it back in. And, but it was, but it's funny how you guys got back in. Cause I think about it myself. Like you said that you just like sank to the bottom and jumped. Oh yeah. Like I, yeah. I think about it all the time. Like I just hold my breath and let myself go to the bottom and then push off and just and each time trying to get up. a little bit closer to shore, but the undertow is pulling us back. So we're going, you know, sideways. they say you go sideways. We, we did do that. We ended up like five houses down. Like when we came on, Onto the beach. We were five houses away. Were you away. hugging, covered in oh sand? Oh, my God. We are just like, oh, we made it. <laughs> that was really dumb. And, like, my my poor wife, Jill. 
<laughs> she's a saint. She she like told us not to do it. And we did it anyways. And then she was so she's like, You guys are idiots. That's why I stay out of Lake Marky. Well, I like yeah. the lake. I love the lake, but that was dumb. The mm-hmm. the boat the boat thing, I was that I really wasn't that freaked out on the boat. The swimming one, I was they say drowning is silent, you know? Oh. You know when there's no panicking. There's no like loud yelling. It's it's dangerous. Lake Erie can be super dangerous. So kids, listen to your parents. Stay close to shore. Wear your life jacket. Buckle it. So Bobby, nice guy. You do anything for anybody, and I've always appreciated it out of you. Bob, I I think what you're doing with with the the superhero alliance, with the charity, with the stormtroopers, uh, I'm sure you're you're great up in the sky helping everybody, <laughs> telling them if they're new from Buffalo, you probably tell them. Hey, you got to check out this place. Don't don't worry about this place. You're a promoter of Buffalo. I We're a promoter Buffalo. of Buffalo. Very interesting. I want to I want in on the the Star Wars movie. Any way we could help <laughs> Star Wars night. Yeah. We will we will all we will we're taking bookings for all cameos all the time. <laughs> yeah, thank well, you, Bob, so much. This is great. Oh, yep. thank you for having me. This is awesome, and you know, good luck with the podcast, moving it forward. It's awesome that you guys have stuck to it, because so oh, yeah. many people say, oh, "I want to make a podcast." Yeah, and no one follows up on it. Yeah, we're and you guys, look at this. You got a whole setup here. We got got boom mics, and yeah, I'm wearing trying. headphones. Like this is legit. <laughs> Well, Bob Whalen, it's been a pleasure, and you are now licensed to talk. Thank you, guys. Thank awesome. you, Bob. Thank you, Bob. Oh, I didn't ask this. I was going to ask this. Who? What's the music for today? Sometimes you tell, talk about the music. Well, here, he's going to introduce himself. My name is Logan Dublino, and I will be playing Dex Halls. Instagram, License to Talk, and subscribe on YouTube at License to Talk.